This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And yes, this is The Glow Show on Joy 94.9 and being this lovely, wonderful Monday night, I'm joined by, ooh, with Gabby. How are you today, Gabby? I'm wonderful because it is a wonderful Monday night. It is. And guess who else we're joined by today? Tell me. Jen. Yeah, Jen's here. Jen, how are you going? I'm good. Do you know that Mondays are actually my favourite day of the week? I know why. Mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Steak night. Steak night. <laughs> yeah. I've learned I'm like that from you. a creature of habit and I love steak night on a Monday. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. Going now, home for some steak. A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of being on Youth in Control. Uh, yeah. We had a chance to talk about the Glow Show and uh, we were talking about some of the issues with the youth community and it also extended into, you know, um, what other issues other communities have, which was one of the questions that they gave to me and I explained to them that um, the Victorian Police not only has a, a Glow unit or a, a Glow infrastructure, but they have many other infrastructures within the community services, which I believe Jen is a part yeah. of. Mm-hmm. So this must be a very complex division and there must be lots of different facets that come in and obviously you know part of the gay community we don't just have the L or G but we have transgender and intersex people and everyone else and it's just like how do you manage all this sort of stuff? Funny you should mention (laughs) because in the studio with us this evening we have Michelle McNamara who wears many hats but one of them is with Transgender Victoria. Yeah hi. Michelle (laughs) welcome to the Glow Show. Thank you. Thank you Will. Um, Yeah it's it's Monday Monday's great for me too, by the way, because um, I don't I don't have any classes. I teach at the university, but there's nothing on a Monday, which is just perfect for me. Long weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, not really, but I don't have to face the students. <laughs> now, Michelle, you're involved. Uh, just give us a give us a brief overview of how you're involved with the Victorian Police. So I'm the Transgender Victoria representative on the LGBTI Police Reference Group. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there since the end of 2016. So a relative newcomer, Transgender Victoria has been involved with that group for quite a long time. The history of the group goes back 20 years. Our history with Mm -hmm. it doesn't quite go back that far, but we have been around as an organisation for that long. So, you know, that, that that's um, a pretty substantial relationship. And, you know, it's not always a cosy relationship. We don't always see eye to eye, but um, at least we have a voice with the police, which I think is very important. And what what was your drive to get involved in this? Um, I well, I see, you know, I see issues with the community acceptance of the police, but I see the police as being very important protectors of us. In a, in a, in a transgender community, you are can be the victim of prejudice-motivated crime. People abuse you, threaten you, and possibly um, assault you and cause physical violence. And the natural place to go to, it seems to me, is the police. But across the community, that is not always the case. Um, and certainly some parts of the community 
community um, see the police as the enemy. It amazes me that still, to be honest, yeah. And there's a number of surveys and research that's been done and come out in the last probably six months to to support um, what you're saying, that the gender diverse community and transgender community really has a large distrust of police. Yes, I I mean, the the survey history is interesting. Um, The... Victorian gay and right, uh, Victorian gay and lesbian rights lobby um, did did their community survey in 2017 around um, community attitudes, and that's the whole of the LGBTI community's attitudes to Victoria Police. And the that was an online and carnival and um, and you know quite an extensive community survey. I think they went to chill out with it, and. The feedback from that was that most of the LGBTI community are fairly comfortable that they can go to police for support and help. But what was very marked from the from the survey was that there was a subset, which was the trans and gender diverse community, which, in which the suspicion of police was really quite high. And... Um, but the numbers were very small uh, of trans and gender diverse community uh, community reps in that. I think there was nearly 300 overall responses, but there was only maybe 30, less than 30 trans and gender diverse responses. So Transgender Victoria set up their own um, <coughs> survey and also feeding into this was the... Um, the Victoria Police commissioned um, GLHV also to do a survey and some series of focus groups amongst what GLHV described as same-sex attracted and sex and gender diverse young Victorians. And that was done in um, online mm-hmm. and also in regional areas. In addition, that surveyed the attitudes of Victoria Police to those same-sex attracted and sex and gender diverse young Victorians. And so when we take the three surveys together, looking first just at the just at the trans and gender diverse part of the communities, what we see is essentially a very deep suspicion of police. They're not seen as being protectors, but they're seen as someone to be at least very wary of. And perhaps what was very remarkable was that a fair proportion of that particular community, my community, were not comfortable in even reporting physical assaults to police. And as you go down the... Um, threats and abuse and the less um, serious crimes, if I can say that, um, they're they're even more reluctant to even go near the police for what things that should be reported Mm -hmm. and things which as a community, the trans and gender diverse community needs to have dealt with to decrease that prejudice and stigma that we experience as a community. I, I know in the uh, the LNG community, obviously, the, the, there's been history and that there's been change in education. Um, although there are still problems, probably more with the younger people and, and some of the older people now still may, in my LNG part of the community, may still not have confidence with the police. Uh, through time, obviously, we hope to change that. But why do you think there's a lag with the, the transgender Community, why? Why do you think that's been a little bit behind? Is this, any- is, this is this is something that a survey can't really address, of yeah. course. But you know, the personal feel that I have is that, um, and I think there there is data out there to support this that 
the trans and gender diverse community is something that's new to people's consciousness. The the lesbian and gays have become much more well known. They're very accepted. We saw in the marriage equality um, survey that um, the, that really reflected the fact that everybody now knows someone who's gay, someone who's lesbian, and um, um, but they don't necessarily know someone who's transgender. And there are a lot of studies that say knowing someone who's transgender really increases the likelihood that someone will accept it, that transgender people have rights. So we're still regarded as a bit different. And I think that the police are no different to the rest of the community. It's unreasonable to expect that they do and that their lack of knowledge and lack of exposure to the community is a real is a real um, problem and that, that I think came out in the in the um, GLHV survey um, of police. But you know the community, the trans and gender diverse community still still feel like they're other than the rest of the community. They don't feel part of the broader community in the way that the G and the L part of the LGBTI do now. You're right. It, 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 organisationally, we are, we're a microcosm of, of society. And so within the organisation, there's almost 20,000 of us. Um, there's still a long way to go in terms of understanding trans and gender diverse and intersex. Um, and it's all around language, but it's around understanding how to use that language appropriately. And time and time again, we still come up against, um, you know, quite robust conversations about um, misgendering people and using the right pronouns and <clears throat> what kind of importance that plays for people when they're reporting crime and people from the trans and gender diverse community and you would attest to this as well Michelle are less inclined to go if they know they're going to be misgendered and not treated with the with the respect and dignity with which they deserve um, and something as simple as language is just so powerful and I think that we often miss the mark so there is a lot more education um, to go in the organisation that's, that's why it's so crucial to have the reference group and to have Transgender Victoria um, be part of that conversation. Yeah, and certainly the GLHV survey indicated that some police knew how, how were comfortable in dealing with someone who was trans and gender diverse, but there was a very big um, group that were really uncertain or just didn't know. And, and you know, that almost leads into the next um, part of these surveys, which was it was really about what the recommendations that were coming up, the, the comments that people made, what did they want happen next? Mm. And I guess training and education of the police leading to a cultural change was a common feature of all three surveys of the community. And, um, and you know, my comment around that is that, yes, it's needed, but as you said, there's 20,000 of police out there and that's an awful lot of training and education to lead to that cultural change. And the other thing that was common in the responses and has been common in, in I do a lot of talking to trans and gender diverse people about this issue. The other thing that really that they're wanting is an acknowledgement for past wrongs to the community and an apology for that those past wrongs so there's some very big challenges I think at, for the police out there in, in from their side in helping. And do you think that that um, is part of because something was really interesting to me in the reports um, Michelle was that um, n quite often a lot of people uh, particularly from the TGD um, 
hadn't actually had any interactions with police. A lot of it was perceptions. And we were actually discussing this offline the other day around the history of um, trans and gender diverse. And I know I had a quite a powerful moment in New York when I got to meet somebody who was involved in the Stonewall riots. Um, and, and understanding the history of how trans and gender diverse people have fought for our community over the years and actually been at the front line of ultimate discrimination and harassment. Um, I think that um, there's a lot of weight in that. Young people uh, more more now than ever understand the history behind the trans and gender diverse movement, movement, probably less so intersex, unfortunately. I think we've got a long way to go there. But I think that that sometimes affects perceptions as well as all the other stuff that goes on in you know Victoria but also around the world with policing. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, we can touch on um, the Tasty Raid, certainly in the older part of the trans and gender diverse community. I know I, there were several of my friends who were at Tasty Nightclub that night and they they certainly didn't feel treated well and they don't feel warmly to the police mm. as a result of that apology or no apology. Mm. No. No. Fascinating stuff. Um, Michelle, uh, we'll be we'll stay tuned for we've got uh, Michelle McManara from uh, Transgender, Transgender Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> she uh, represents uh, the LGBTI Police Reference Group. You're listening to Glow Show on Joy 94.9. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Your community is our business. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. are back with the glow show with will and gabby and we're joined by wonderful jen dixon from our priority communities division okay hi and michelle mcnamara who's a representative from transgender victoria and we'll be talking about some of the recent surveys that um have been conducted uh, in the last six months one of them was actually um commissioned by victoria police looking into perceptions and interactions with of police with the LGBTI community. So we've been talking about a bit of the history and how the trans and gender diverse community has has had and still does have a very poor view of Victoria Police on the big big part. So where do we go from here, Michelle? What can we do to change these perceptions? Well, I think that the the trust issue is such a big one and the trust, um, um, distrust of the police goes very deeply into the community. I talked about the Tasty Raid, which was 94, and um, that sits in the elder community. I think the younger community remember that, but they reflect on all sorts of things that have happened since in a smaller smaller scale. Um, I think I don't know the answer to the question you know that we've, mm. we've pointed to training and education leading to cultural change and apology all of those sort of things the police need to deal with and it's a very big challenge um i think that there's a there's a reflection that i keep happening that that the gay community are now in a very different space to where they were 20 years ago in terms of their trust to police you know 20 years ago there were plenty of people around whose lived experience was entrapment in gay beats. Yes. Um, now, what we see at the police reference group, which which kind of surprised me and it kind of didn't, but what we see are reports of where there is trouble in gay beats and people do still want to go out and bash a do, do engage in some homophobic violence bashing homosexuals um, where that where that where that does happen or the suspicion that it's going to happen the gay community itself invites police to come in and patrol the gay beat 
they're warned that mm. police will be around and they're warned that this is why. And I think that that's, that's an incredible cultural shift that's, that's happened. It's an incredible acknowledgement of how times have changed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And th- we need to go on that journey as a mm. trans and gender diverse community ourselves. I, I, I certainly, I'm someone who doesn't have all the answers, but... Uh, just on the broad aspect of, of healing and change, and I think it was something that we discussed a little earlier, uh, to me it's a, a three-tier thing where first police need to acknowledge the past, um, <coughs> go through the history and accept responsibility. Uh, obviously, the second tier is to, to express um, an apology for, for the wrongdoings, and the third tier is to demonstrate how these wrongdoings are not going to happen again, and whether that's via training and uh, other forms of education. I think that's the most important thing. I can understand, and certainly in the, my gay community and L community, um, we quite often mention that we have a lot of the senior members of my community or our community uh, have problems with the police, and that's because of history, and that's the experiences they had at places like Tasty and, and wherever else it may be. I think the one thing that troubles me is the youth, why with all the education and with all the acceptance that we have in the community today, why they still carry some of the problems. Do you? Can you give us any reasons why you think, and coming from the trans youth arena, where some of the problems may fester for youth to be a little bit reluctant to report sexual crimes to the police, especially done on themselves? Well, not, not necessarily sexual crimes per, per se, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, assaults and um, intimidation threats, assaults abuse. For, for who they are. Yeah, for who they are, yeah. you know, and it's, it's um, I think Jen pointed to several kind of um, features of, of the trans and gender diverse community. We are very sensitive as a community because we feel still quite marginalised. You know, even even today where you think things have improved, there were some reports done of um, analyses of, ha- of all the newspaper articles published in 2016 and 2017 of whether they were, uh, when they were about transgender people, whether they were positive, negative or neutral. And the overwhelming, no, sorry, the great major- greater majority, something like 59% were negative mm. and only less than 20% were positive and the balance neutral. And that's still today happening out there in the media. So, so it's not necessarily a police problem you're saying, it's probably... It's a uh, broader community. community problem. That, that starts at the broader community yeah. level. It's not and it's something amplified quite by police. political at the moment as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot mm. of conversation around, you know, um, safe schools, for instance, religious freedoms. I mean, on a federal level, mm. I think that trans and gender diverse are often used as a political football. Um, and that is something that really perpetuates throughout the, the media. Um, and it does a lot of damage to the community. Yeah, so trans and gender diverse young people often um, do stand out. The part of part of their identity is that they're different and if their identity is not being respected um, and that may be malicious or it may be coincidental it's maybe that the police and this happens with the police that they just simply don't understand I want to encourage how to do it yeah I want to encourage people and this is what I always do on this show to report anything that happens to them negatively to police whether it's um, by a member of the public or whether it's by a police officer who who isn't treating you the way you think you should be treated I would love you to report that we always encourage that but I'd also love to hear from the trans and gender diverse community when they have good experiences from police because we don't hear about that and if you could actually promote those experiences then that would be a first step in changing some of the perceptions of, of how police and the gender diverse community interact. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, prejudice-motivated crime, we say on this show all the time, is such a crucial part to our reporting, and we need to understand more about it so that we can act appropriately on it, and we were always dying for that data as an organisation. But I might just add, we've had record-breaking um, attendance from LGBTI um, communities at our applicant attraction sessions to join Victoria we Police. Have. And in particular, we've actually had um, an increased in uh, sorry, an increase in interest from the trans and gender-diverse community. I think that's as largely as a result sort of, you know, A, the great marketing that they're doing at the moment, but also that we've got some trans and gender diverse um, policies in place. We've got practice guides. You know, when um, somebody that comes into the academy now goes through um, the academy and comes through to a station, for instance, if they want to transition in the academy, all the supports are in place there. And so, you know, part of my job is to make sure that organisationally we're responding to that in an appropriate manner. And I think we are. And actually, the feedback we're getting is that people are having a really great experience. And so I think part of our response as an organisation is to encourage transgender diverse and intersex people to join the police. We want to say this is a safe place, you're going to be supported. And I think once we start to culturally change internally by having those members in, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, and I think I, Michelle and myself would uh, probably support Gabby in, in that. And I think uh, whilst a bad story you know, needs to be, be made aware, um, there's probably a thousand great stories out, to, out there too that don't get made aware and I think that's um, something important and it's acknowledged. You know, if I can come in there, yeah. please, Will. I think um, I was reflecting as Gabby was talking of um, I posted a report of an incident recently on the Transgender Victoria Facebook page, which has a lot of followers. And it, the, the incident, I won't go into the details of it, but simply the report said, alleged, that Victoria some Victoria members of Victoria Police were bashed by people who who were um, who had actually threatened and assaulted a transgender person. So it was alleged that they'd done that, and the Victoria Police come in to arrest the the particular individual who'd done the the assault, and they were bashed in the course of that. So that post went up in Transgender Victoria page, and there were predictably some supportive comments about, you know, these people should be arrested and jailed, these people should be jailed as a result of bashing police but there were also, the level of suspicion and distrust is so high that there were a lot, uh, quite a number of counter comments around um, you know, negative attitudes to police and, and so even when you post what should have been a relatively positive story, you still get negative reactions because the level of distrust mm. is so high mm-hmm. and we need to break that down. With your Facebook post that you had, what was the ratio, do you think, roughly, negative against positive? About 50-50. Wow. And it was an overwhelmingly the police were coming to support. The report said that the police were coming to support a transgender person. You know, and uh, So I was, you know, I was sort of fairly... I wasn't shocked by it because I just know that this level of distrust is so so high. So when I talk to trans and gender diverse young people about engaging with the police to break that down, um, break down the distrust, I get an overwhelming negative reaction and it's around um, that the police are violent, not just against our community, but all sorts of communities so they conflate 
all sorts of reports about police violence. They deal with reports that come from Tasmania, from the US, from mm. anywhere. Yeah, they absorb and, a lot of information these days. Yeah. But they're also, I think young people are, um, have a general sense of anger and suspicion around institutions in general. Yes. Um, I, there's a lot of that playing out at the moment, not just within policing, but in many institutions across the world. And I think as a young person coming into this kind of environment, um, that sort of feeds into the narrative that, you know what, some of the structures we have in place aren't that great. Mm. And so it, it forms that opinion, that suspicion. They're a lot more informed. I mean, my God, the amount of information that young people take in these days mm. is astounding. And they're able to correlate that all together and then formulate opinions that may or may not be entirely accurate. I'm not saying that people don't have horrible experiences with police. Unfortunately, that does happen. Um, but there's a lot of information they have to digest, which does affect their, their outlook. Michelle, just quickly, for you and I as the LGBTI community, what are some of the initial challenges that we face in supporting the police? And I think just breaking down that distrust to, to, to get to the facts, to get people to start to report to police from our point of from my point of view, I've seen a number of reports of, of transgender people uh, reporting uh, reporting crimes to police and they're not being taken seriously. When I follow up, it, there's, there's, there's issues on both sides. The reality is, and we need to kind of get that dialogue. We need to get trans people comfortable with um, starting that dialogue and it's going to be a long journey and I think there's hints, there's roles for the transgender, the elders of the transgender community as there has been in the gay community and um, I think in also there's an example in the South Sudanese community where, that, where that's been used with the police. They're employing elders to help break down that distrust. And that's, youth. Yeah, and obviously that's something that we, we're going to have to get you all back in again another night to talk about. There is so much to talk about. What a team we have here tonight. What great people. Michelle, thank you very much for coming in. It's been wonderful talking to you and uh, it's great to have a chat and I look forward to the next one we are definitely going to have you back and we'll have Jen back of course thanks Will thanks for coming in thanks for having me Gabby you have a great week I will Will and I'll see you next week we'll be here you've been listening to The Glow Show join 94.9 that's it from us today thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes so if you missed anything important you can hear it again now please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media the Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me Jason Gibbs see you next time on Joy thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.